0: Hello, and welcome to Modern Intuition Podcast with your host, Olivia Scott. In this podcast, we talk all things intuition, spirituality, manifestation, and the road to uncovering soul purpose. I will be chatting with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, business owners, and industry experts to hear their road to creating success and how intuition has played into that journey. We uncover practical tools and inspiration to use in our own modern day lives to create our own version of happy, high vibration living in alignment with our true authentic self. If you love today's episode, I would love it if you would share it with a friend, leave me a review or connect with me on Instagram and let me know what you think. Today's episode is brought to you by Eve Health, At Home Hormone Testing. I am personally so passionate about women taking control over their hormones. So how does it work? You can purchase your test online from www.evehealth.com and then you collect a urine sample from the comfort of your own home. After sending your sample to the lab, Eve scientists will analyze your results and a health consultant will put together your report complete with diet, lifestyle and nutritional recommendations based on your unique body. Listeners to this podcast can access an exclusive 15% discount off your Eve test. Just visit www.evehealth.com and enter the code INTUITION at the checkout. That's I N T U I T I O N. Hi, everybody! I am so excited to be speaking with Azul today on the podcast. I met Azul when I went to one of her meditation classes at Breathe Space in Parnell. It was a sound bowl healing experience, and I have been to many sound bowl healings, meditation classes, etc, etc, all over the world, but this class really blew me away and I had to know, I had to get to know Azul after that class. I thought, wow, this woman has an incredible gift. And after I had introduced myself to her after the class, I learned that she was a musician, who has signed with a label here in New Zealand, but is actually from LA originally, came to New Zealand with her partner at the time, not that long ago, and has since been working, doing all different types of work, healing work. She works as a healer at Spring Spa and with personal one-on-one clients. She does meditation classes. She's also working on her own record label. But her story behind her upbringing, what led her to becoming a musician with her father passing away and, and how she really came to heal herself. She speaks about how plant medicine played a really big role in her journey to figuring out who she was and what she needed to do in order to really step into her full power and heal parts or aspects of herself Um, She shares so much wisdom in this podcast episode and I know you guys are going to get so much out of it. But before we jump into the episode, I just want to share with you guys, last week I announced dates for my very first manifestation workshop. It's on Friday the 13th of September, if you are in Auckland, it would be so great if you came along. The tickets are available on my website. I will link it in the show notes. And it's a 2-hour workshop. And what we will be doing is learning how to firstly tap into our own intuition, learn how to have conversations with our higher self, learn how to receive energy and really be in that space of receiving, and then learning how to use that energy in order to manifest but most importantly knowing what we want to manifest which comes with aligning with who we really truly are. So the workshop will be a really fun night, there'll be tea, there will be bliss balls, we'll meet our accountability partners because it's not just about coming up for two hours and then leaving and having all the tools but it's about It's about making those long-term sustainable changes that you want to make in your life for positive change. You'll also get a free copy of my Clarity Journal, which is 55 journaling prompts to creating your dream life. So you'll have that to take home with you to continue the work at home as well. So it's a small event. Uh, Tickets are selling quite quickly. If you'd like to come along, I would absolutely love to see you there. If you aren't in Auckland and you can't make it to this event, that's okay. The Workbook Clarity 55 Journaling Prompts is actually available to purchase on my website and is a really, really awesome way to do this work at home. Uh, the, The workbook itself is formulated to be able to chip away at different areas and aspects of your life. And it's different each time you do it you can ask yourself one question at the start of the year and then ask yourself the same question six months later and get a completely different answer. So the workbook is designed to be something that you can use alongside everything else in your life forever. It won't be something you do once and then it's done. It's kind of like your sidekick you can take with you. So if you're interested in purchasing the workbook, I have a special code, intuition20, that you can use at the checkout on my website to get 20% off the workbook. It's only $29, so it's a really, really small investment to create what is quite big change in your life. But without further ado, I want to get into today's episode with Azul. I hope you guys love it. Welcome, Azul. Thanks. Hi. thank you so much for being here.
1: Exactly. I'm so excited
0: to speak with you, you've got such a varied background, you grew up in LA, uh, you are a musician, you are a sound healer, um, you have performed throughout LA, you've signed with a label here in New Zealand, yeah. you work as a healer at Spring Spa in Ponsonby. is that right? Yeah, um, I do private healings there. Yeah. yeah. And you're a meditation teacher, yeah. which is how I came across your work, because I was fortunate enough to attend one of your meditation, your sound bowl healings at Breathe Space in Parnell. Um, and Hannah Carrera, who is also a meditation teacher there, introduced me to you, and I was just blown away by the power and beauty of your voice and your ability to use those instruments with guided visualization at the same time and I went so deep in that yes. class I'm so glad it was so nice that you stayed I remember you like yeah. doubled up that night I did a so double that up. was really cool <laughs> I floated I floated home that, that <laughs> night <laughs> but it's yeah so you've got so many uh, I guess interesting facets of your life and I'm really curious to understand your process behind all of those and to get to where you are now um, but I just want to Backtrack, and I want to hear a little bit about your upbringing in LA and -hmm. what you were like as a child. Okay. I had a really interesting childhood because I am biracial, well,
1: multiracial, but my father is Inuit and French. My mother is black and Cherokee. Um, So in that, my musical taste has come completely from that mixture of my dad's like classic rock and my mom's R&B and world music and things that she liked. Um, Interesting. But yeah, as a kid I was extremely shy, extremely ex- like excruciatingly shy. Um, I went to a school that was predominantly African-American. And um, I was very, I mean, my mom's side of the family is very, very African-American for the most part. Um, So I did identify to a degree, but I also have my dad's side, which was, they were like kind of wild hippie people and they lived in canyons and stuff. So like the juxtaposition of my life was pretty interesting, going to like an inner city school, but on the weekends having these experiences, going to powwows, going to riding horseback, you know, just like doing very different things from what, the people who I was spending time around. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I loved it. I think that I was able to have my feet in both worlds and see the similarities and the differences and all of that.
0: Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Okay, and then so what were you like moving into your teenage years?
1: I was still very shy, but um, I think that I developed very young. So I got a lot of like attention in the way of like sexual attention kind of from like older men and all of that and I think that it made me more shy it made me really uncomfortable with myself um, it made me very ashamed of what I looked like it made me ashamed of my body so I was like I seemed probably a lot more confident than I actually felt mm-hmm. I felt very like um, alone and very scared of everything I had incredible anxiety
0: mm-hmm. yeah When you were going through all of that in your late teens, was there an outlet that you had that felt safe and creative to you? Um, I think music was definitely
1: what that was for me. Um, At that age, it was definitely writing and music, and um, I hadn't really started to make my own music at the time, but I think just music was my escape of the feelings that I had.
0: Did you know that you would be a musician? Did you want to be a musician at that See, age?
1: I mean, since I was a kid, I definitely wanted that. I didn't know what that meant or how that would come about or mm. what to do about those feelings. But mm. I did know that that was something that I wanted to do. Yeah. yeah. I remember my earliest memory of that was sitting in the car seat and listening to Tony Braxton and I knew I was like that's what I want to do but I didn't obviously you don't know how to go about that I still don't know how to go about it. <laughs> You've done a pretty amazing <laughs> job of it so far. But, um, but yeah.
0: I think that's part of the joy is not knowing but knowing what the next step is.
1: Yeah yeah it's kind of just following um, guiding you know things that guide you and impulses and listening to conversations and allowing small details to mean something for you. Mm. Um, I think I find a lot of signals throughout my days that I'm either not doing something I need to be doing or that I am doing what I need to be doing.
0: Interesting. Feedback. Yeah. Definitely.
1: Definitely. Feedback Mm. from what's around me. I don't really think that things happen um, coincidentally. I think that everything has some place in your life and there's a meaning to it and to kind of be aware of what's happening
0: did you have that awareness in your late teens oh, I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was a wild
1: child i had no awareness no. so i mean it, it was interesting cuz i did have an awareness i had my mom's a hypnotherapist. therapist my dad was an artist so i came from a very alternative background i never took medicine i never Did anything. I was very, very, we did like had a very natural life. But I think in my teens I kind of rebelled against that and kind of wanted to do my own thing and wanted to party and do all of that. But then I think in my early 20s is when I kind of came back around to coming into the more natural, more meditative, more alternative kind of lifestyle
0: that is so interesting that your parents held a lot of space for you to step into that creative side yeah and explore your own intuition and creativity yeah i was very lucky um i
1: didn't appreciate it growing up because it meant that i was the weird kid who was eating a salad at lunch instead of a lunch bowl or like you know i was meditating if i was in trouble or you know those kinds of things. I wasn't allowed to eat meat, and um, it, it it felt like really strict for me. Yeah. And really like this is what you are, like this identity that was placed onto me that I didn't want. Yeah. Um, so as a kid, it was kind of hard for me growing up in that. But I do a hundred percent appreciate it now because um, I've. My mom is like a crazy herbalist lady so she knows all of that and she's given me a lot of that knowledge and she really understands the subconscious and she's a really buzzy, interesting woman that I was really lucky to grow up with. And my dad was just incredibly intelligent and creative and could build a car from scratch with nothing and just he was just a really interesting mind. So I was lucky I had two really cool parents.
0: Wow, that's really interesting and I think it's so funny how even though you grew up in that environment, you and you felt so, I guess, trapped or like you were given or handed that identity without having a necessary choice. Like you didn't feel like you actually chose that identity and I think naturally, we always want to rebel against what we feel we haven't had much control over, but yeah. having come back and choosing to be where you are now, it's almost like you've come full circle, but you had to go on that path to figure out what you actually did want to be yeah. or choose. totally. I think that's exactly what it is. Mm. Yeah. So what advice would you give that younger self, that younger self that wanted to rebel and go against what she had been brought up with I think I wouldn't give her any advice I think she needed to
1: do that I think she needed to like go find what she wasn't to, to come back to what she was yeah Yeah. That's so I think in. like I was pretty reckless at that age but I think I needed to be I don't really like I did probably some stupid things but I don't really regret anything like I think that I needed to mm. I needed to like step out of myself for a minute
0: yeah, you have to stray off the path to find your way back again.
1: Yeah, I think that that's important. I think it's it's like every, nobody stays on, you know, everybody's path is winding. Mm. And I think that all of those turns and all of that is unnecessary. Mm. It gives you perspective. And, you know.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> so, how did that young Azul lead into? The music industry and how did you create that success with finding a label and being a performer?
1: Um, When I was 22 or 20 I think I was 23 I met my ex-fiancé who was um, same age as me but very very focused on production and he and I started making music together right away and we were together for Seven years, six or seven years. And um, in that time, we both were signed to the same label. So we both would be in the studio all the time making music. And there was um, an, a guy who had to do with that label who was in the studio at the time. And we played him some stuff and he just was, he liked it. Mm-hmm. So we ended up. Um, it was a really, really cool thing because it was the artist development label. So there were about, I think, six other bands that were signed to this label. And um, <coughs> we all kind of co-created and made some really interesting stuff. So it would have been a really
0: beautiful time, but there would have been some hard things to go through during that time as well. Oh yeah, definitely. What are some of those hard things you had to go through? Um,
1: I think being sort of thrust into this environment where you have to feel like you already know what you are as an artist and um, I didn't or I didn't think I did. I I struggled with this idea of I'm not as much of an artist as the rest of these people here or I'm not as good or I don't know how to do this and I don't play an instrument fluently and so all of these insecurities kind of Popped up to the surface that I had never even considered before. Um, But I think that it was all really actually good because it brought these things up for me to confront and for me to get through and for me to actually find. I had to really kind of dig deep to find who I am as an artist. And so, yeah, I think that that was maybe the greater purpose of that time in life was to find that. Like to deeply find that identity. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Those sorts of uh, situations or environments where we are where people see us or we're asked to be seen and heard brings Mm -hmm. up everything we need to process in order to be fully in our worth. Yeah. Being seen and heard. True. And then
1: there's also this other side of it where people are telling you, Oh, you're a great artist, or you're this kind of artist, or you're uh, just kind of telling you that you're what you want to be, but in you, you don't feel like you're there. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of this weird—you feel like you're playing a part,
0: mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You have to like distinguish who you are, yeah, amongst the noise of it all, yeah. Yeah, and it was
1: actually such a like such a beautiful experience where I was able to grow a lot and. Understand myself more and understand the industry more. And yeah, I got some chops getting able to do some really cool shows, and yeah, so that was really They've cool. been so expansive, yeah, at the same time. Yeah, definitely.
0: so when did your spiritual journey come into it? Um, I was 24, and
1: my father passed away um, not suddenly, but he had cancer. Um, and it was already at stage four when they found it. Mm-hmm. So he only had a couple more months, and he went through chemo, and he actually went into remission, and the cancer was gone, and he had to do bone marrow um, transplant, and his hair was coming back, and then he ate something that was didn't agree with him, because you don't have an immune system at that point. And um, he just got dehydrated from expelling and expelling and expelling. So he actually passed away from dehydration, which was devastating. Because it was like this roller coaster of he's not going to make it, he's not going to make it. Oh, he is going to make it. Oh, he's great. And then just Mm -hmm. something so, um, something that you would never think would take somebody out. Um, So that was devastating for me. Yeah. And I think that, um, because of his passing away, and I had such a hard time with that, because I was very close with my dad, I still am close with my dad, but Mm. I had an incredibly hard time with that. And so, I think that it took me down a very dark road of, like, wanting to do lots of drugs, and wanting to just kind of go into a hole Mm -hmm. for quite a while, and then, um... I think that I came out of that because I discovered um, plant medicine and just started to really come back into a spiritual practice
0: with that. Mm. Ayahuasca? Yes. <clears throat> was that, did that happen
1: before you signed with the label or after? No, that was after. That after. was about a year mm. after I'd already been there. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe a little less than a year, but Yeah, I was already
0: there for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Huge highs and lows. Yeah. Okay, and so you... So ayahuasca or plant medicine opened you up to this spiritual journey. Definitely.
1: Um, I think that being able to go that deep within yourself was uh, huge for me. It was... It healed lot of things. It healed a lot of things with my dad. It healed a lot of things with anxiety. It healed a lot of things with knowing who and what I am and what I am here to do and what I want to do. It um, it opened up a space of service for me. Um, rather than you know I did it so often because I was just so curious about going deeper and deeper and deeper. Um until I started journeying with titus and Shaman from the Amazon. And it, I had the, this whole really incredible experience where I was able to sit with them for years. Wow. Um, I lived in L.A., but I would go to Costa Rica back and forth. So yeah. um, I was able to just go extremely, extremely deep. And, um, yeah, it, 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 the relationship to the medicine kind of went from... Healing myself and wanting to do all of these things about myself and then it came to a point where it was more showing me how to heal other people and towards the end of that whole journey in my life I was able to assist in these journeys and be of service to the people who were sitting. Um, and so, yeah, those experiences taught me a lot about being selfless and taught me a lot about allowing energy to come through me for someone else and taught me a lot of it just it taught me (laughs) a lot about everything I pretty much everything I know about healing came from those moments and from being with the taitas and learning from them about their healing
0: wow yeah okay so for anyone who's listening (laughs) who doesn't know about plant medicine are you able to speak to that um yeah (laughs) Just briefly, like how what it is, how it what it does to you, and I know each experience is unique, but I guess how it felt for you.
1: Yeah. So plant medicine, um, namely ayahuasca, is a psychedelic or psychotropic. It is something that can actually rewire your brain and your neural pathways to fire off differently in your brain. So, for people who have severe anxiety, some people who even have like bipolar disorder, um, insomnia, uh, there's an array of different neurological things that it can actually heal.
0: Anything. Anything,
1: yeah. Because um, everything is of the mind. So, mm-hmm. you can heal the mind and the spirit, and you can heal the things that are physical manifestations of those balances Um, so some people experience visions; some people don't Um, I have experienced both and I think that it kind of brings the physical realm what we see and what we feel into this heightened space of awareness where you are able to tap into more, um, I want to say more detailed, but it's not that. It's you tap into the energy of everything. Mm. Um, So it just sort of shifts your perspective on everything. Mm. Yeah. And it's not like this, it's not like just that it's a, it's not like a fun experience. I didn't find it fun. I just found that it was so healing for me and so transformative and all of these things were happening in my life and I was attributing it to these experiences and to these expansions. Mm -hmm. So it felt... um, Yeah, it just... It's
0: hard to explain mm. unless you do it. Unless you do it. I completely yeah. understand that. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to speak to things that don't have a physical form Yeah, already.
1: Yeah. it's. I mean, it's hard to... E- even now, this is years later. This is two years later after my last journey. And I'm still processing. Mm. I think it takes a long time to process. When you peek into another realm of existence another realm of consciousness you know it's just peering over the wall and then you Mm -hmm. jump back into your body but it's like this these experiences really do have like a a deep um, a deeply rooted symbolic healing that happens in your mind because I think that it taps into these primal symbols that work in your subconscious you know
0: i think with plant medicine you know when it's the right time to do it yeah. for yourself and you are exposed to it at the right time for you and it's not the right time for y- for everyone yeah no i it's don't think nice so at the same time
1: yeah mm-hmm. i mean i think that it's it's definitely not for everyone i think that there are millions of doors into a deeper part of yourself, and that's just one of them. Mm. I think meditation is just as effective. I think breathing is just as effective. Mm. I think having some tea and sitting at a window and having some deep inner thoughts is just as effective. I think it's just what works for you. But for Mm. me, and for everything that was going on in my life, I think that... um, And just it came to me. It wasn't something that I was searching out. It came to me and it came to me in a really pure form and a really deep lineage. Mm-hmm. And I was just really lucky, mm-hmm. to be honest. I, I didn't—I wasn't looking for it. I wasn't looking for healing. I was looking for feeling sorry for myself. And that just kind of came up. And it mm-hmm. came up for years. And I just went with it because that's just kind of how I am. Mm-hmm. i really go-with-the-flow kind of gal, so... <laughs> Um, you can call
0: it that or you can call it being (laughs) in tune with your intuition yeah maybe
1: maybe maybe that's true too but um, yeah I think that it it comes to you if it needs to and it doesn't come to you if it doesn't need to and it's not something that um, you have to search out or force or anything like that Mm. yeah it's a very particular very intense energy that comes through with that yeah yeah
0: And so that sparked your journey into then going to Costa Rica and learning from shamans. Can you speak to that a little bit more in detail and how it shaped what you're doing now?
1: Yeah. Um, In the ceremonies, you are there with about six shamans and a taita. And they hold space in the ceremony. And they come around and do healing work and... All of that, and so being around them for those for all of that time, um, I was I have close relationships with all of them and learned what they were doing and why they were doing it, and mm. which herbs they were using, and all of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was just sort of being there with them and them allowing me to take part in what they were doing and to understand and to experience it myself.
0: I can only imagine the types of experiences you had and what you witnessed during that time. I I can't even begin to
1: to explain it and not sound like a completely insane person.
0: Oh no, <laughs> anything goes in this room. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. how did that shape the next step for you?
1: Um, I think that coming. I always lived in LA, so I would go there and I'd come back, but, um, I wanted to bring what I was experiencing to my life, and to my friends, and to the people around me, and I was, like, feeling like I could bring that energy through, but in another form, mm-hmm. and sound was natural for me, because I'm a musician, and that's really how I express everything, so I realized that, um, Through sound, I could tap into that energy. That energy Mm -hmm. that I was able to tap into through plant medicine, um, I tap into it easily without it. So using that sort of channel Mm -hmm. through the sound and being able to kind of express what I'm seeing and feeling and bring people into that space with me and hold space Mm -hmm. has been... Kind of how I've translated what I learned into what I do
0: now. Interesting. So, the your experiences through being in Costa Rica and doing plant medicine, you're able to channel that healing energy you experienced and witnessed through connecting with sound and sound bowl healing.
1: Yeah, um, it's sort of like um, the best way I could describe it is that energy that I was in quite a lot with the plant medicine has a particular vibration in a particular space. Um, and when I start with my healing work, I just tap into that space mm-hmm. and pull through what needs to come through for that particular person or that particular group. And it really has nothing to do with me. It's not that I'm choosing to, um, pick this and not that it's just I open up that sort of space Mm. and what comes through is what comes through and it's not really I think it's kind of one of those things where it doesn't really have to do a lot with me it's just I'm there to hold the space
0: yeah you can access that portal yeah so what does that look and feel like for you when you're in that channeling space
1: um, I I'm, it's very visual for me um, a lot of the time when I'm working my eyes are closed because I'm seeing what I'm describing to the group and creating a space for the group to be in um, when I'm working on individual people I usually see sort of like a grid of energy or sort of just like a a energetic grid above them and I see where there's excess energy was somebody from here and um, she's amazing she's a DJ here and a producer and I was engaged when I was in LA and things were just getting pretty crazy in my relationship and just not working there's a ton of love there but just as a relationship didn't work at oh. And I didn't know that yet, but I knew I wanted to come visit. Thank you. And um, I wanted to come make some new music here. I was only supposed to be here for like two months, Mm -hmm. and then um, something told me just to extend it, and then my fiancé and I decided to end things while I was here, and so I just kind of... Realized that it's a good space for me to be in to heal and just to have some space and just kind of dig into myself again. And then, so I stayed without really having a plan about anything. And then I ended up being signed and doing this healing work here as well. So mm. it's been an interesting uh, journey of complete trust and Serena. not... Yeah, totally not knowing what I'm doing. And how I'm going to do it. But knowing that I am going to do a thing. (laughs) That's such a skill.
0: (laughs) Such a skill. Learning how to surrender and to trust. And to observe and notice what has been presented to us. Yeah. And noticing that it's scary. But going forward and doing it anyway. Yeah. um,
1: I think that's been the biggest of the past year of my life has been being completely afraid of what I'm doing and doing it anyways.
0: It's a skill and the more we utilize it, the bigger we can step into the next, well, the quicker we can step into the next fear, because it never goes away. Yeah. The fear never goes away. Yeah, no. It's always <laughs> the next thing that's There's, bigger. But. Exactly. What does your meditation practice look like
1: for myself? For yourself, um, it's often in the morning. It's the first thing that I do when I wake up. I'll kind of sit up and think about the things that I'm grateful for, um, the things that I would like to do. I just kind of have like this moment of visualization, sort of, just kind of just being mm-hmm. and being grateful. Um, my life has changed completely and still finding what's great what I feel grateful for I think has been like a huge um, practice for me it's just being where I am and being okay with it and being joyful for it whether it looks how I want it to look or how I think I want it to look Um, and just realizing that this this is just as much part of the success and the end result that you want is the journey Mm -hmm. and you need to go through it and you need to be present for it and not in the future, not in the past. So my morning ritual kind of thing is waking up and having those thoughts and then I'll usually do a deep meditation. Um, Sometimes it's just complete silence, complete black, complete nothing and just complete just keeping my mind blank for 30 minutes. (coughs) Sometimes I'll do a guided one. Sometimes I'll just listen to a frequency. Mm. Sometimes I'll play my bowl. Kind of just depends on what I feel like when I wake up. Mm. The symbols have changed a lot. So, yeah, I think that through each meditation, there are certain symbols that your mind uses to heal different things. and I think that the symbols that my mind uses have become a lot different than they were prior to the plant medicine.
0: Okay. So yeah. you see symbols in your mind's eye? Yeah. And they come forward and you observe that what they're offering you?
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think also um, the plant medicine kind of gave me this perspective of energy being energy and it's not good or bad so when there is a symbol that comes that would normally make me feel uncomfortable or like I would like the vision to change or something like that I just stay with it because there was sort of this lesson of what comes up is coming out and Mm -hmm. so it comes up to be released and it comes up and you can give gratitude to whatever it is that you're seeing and let it go Mm -hmm. so it's sort of been this Interesting um, lesson in not identifying with everything that I see mm-hmm. and everything that I feel, just allowing it to come mm-hmm. up and release, and being a lot more open and transient with that, mm-hmm. and not needing to cling on to anything, mm-hmm. just kind of letting things come through and go
0: out. Yeah, that's such a skill as well the practice of observation and <laughs> non attachment. It's hard. It
1: is. And I think it was sort of something that was... That with the medicine, it kind of comes up as resistance from what the plant is trying to show you. So it makes the journeys a lot harder if you don't just let it come through and go out. Mm. Because if you get stuck in something, it will just kind of loop. And so that's not fun. (laughs) So it's sort of like these tricks that you learn, the more that you go into that space to get through to a healing space instead of it being like this very difficult time mm-hmm. so surrendering was the biggest um, tool that I got from that
0: mm. noticing where the resistance comes up is such a big indicator to what wants to come through and I always know if there's something that uh I'm triggered by or I'm resisting or I'm trying to attach to mm-hmm. there's actually something there that I need to go why why do I feel the need to either control this outcome or yeah. control uh, what what I'm getting out of this situation yeah and see and going what happens when I surrender yeah what happens when I let go and Noticing there's so much spaciousness and freedom from that space, but it's a e- it's a battle with the ego. Yeah, it,
1: it is. Mm-hmm. It's a huge battle with the ego, and I think like I think that in my life right now, non attachment has been a huge lesson for me, especially coming out of like a long relationship and having lots of codependency and all of that. Um, all other ref- relationships that I've had since have been in reflection of that non-attachment and being able to appreciate without needing to possess and being able to allow love feelings to come through and go out and not needing to hold anything in me. Mm-hmm. is, And I don't think that that will be forever, but I think for this season of my life, that's kind of the lesson. And so I'm just learning that lesson and allowing it to really come through in my life mm-hmm. and... I think that once you really grasp something, it stops coming up in your life. Mm. So I think, yeah, just sort of there So right true.
0: And I love your <laughs> way of saying, saying this season of your life, yeah. because it is such, we have seasons. We go, one season can be one month, and they can overlap with another season that's gonna yeah. be there for six months. And yeah. It's a, yeah. It's these lessons that are coming up to help us evolve. Totally. Curious to know, what are your spiritual beliefs?
1: I chant, I meditate, I pray, I connect with something larger than myself that I know that I don't really understand and I'm okay with that. I don't really feel um, the need to personify that energy. I just feel like it's sort of like this all. Like, I think everything is God. I think you're God, I'm God, the floor is God. I think, like, if we... For me, at least, if I view everything as sacred and everything as love, then I I treat everything with love and I treat myself with love. And that's kind of my spirituality. I don't really have, like, a religion that I'm particularly... um, involved in but I like chanting because it creates a vibration and through mm-hmm. that vibration you are sending your intention out to be multiplied and sent back so I kind of feel like it's like all these cyclical sort of momentums that are happening and I think that that's what I mean It I have a lot of <laughs> thoughts about spirituality but that's kind of the main one that resonates with me and I also think that there's dimensions of consciousness that are just right on top of each other and mm. you can tap into higher consciousness or lower consciousness or whatever you need to do at the time mm. um, but yeah I mean I, I think there's lots of different philosophies that I resonate with I resonate a lot with like hermetic philosophy or I resonate a lot with like Kemetic. Um, philosophy from ancient Egypt. I resonate a lot with Buddhism. Um, mm. There's even like early Christianity that I resonate with. There's, I think, all religions kind of at their core say the same spiritual things. Okay. Um, yeah, so I think like all of those things. Mm. Yeah. I love what you said <laughs> about.
0: There being different dimensions of frequencies and levels of, and we can tap into them. We yeah. can choose to tap into them if we choose to, and we don't stay on one frequency at yeah, well, any one time. time. <laughs> yeah, we can. To, I 100% believe okay. that yeah. as well. How do you take care of yourself in terms of self care and boundaries? Mm.
1: Um, I'm just probably in the last year, learning my boundaries um, in relationship, and spirituality, in my work, in everything. I've found my voice in saying no and not feeling bad about it and um, with love, but no. <laughs> I've learned that recently. I didn't ever have that before and it feels really good and I think that, um, yeah, I think that my energetic boundary with people is just, um, you know, I give back to people what belongs to them and I take with me what belongs to me. and. Um,
0: That's so important when you are offering a healing service. Yeah,
1: definitely. I think it's like sometimes people really want to give you all their stuff and they really want to cling on to that and sometimes they don't understand that the work is actually in their life, it's not in, on the table, it's not in yoga class, it's, it's through them processing what's happened and processing the shift in energy mm-hmm. and allowing um, new habits to form from there. Um, but sometimes people get sort of addicted to the feeling of healing and um, I think that I always, with my clients, mm-hmm. I always say, listen, this is a tool this is a catalyst, this is not for you to continue with. You don't have to keep coming back to me. I'm not like a person who's like, well, you need 12 healings from me in order to be healed. It's like, you're not, I'm not going to heal you. I'm going to give you these tools. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, and with that comes, you know, there's obviously always going to be an exchange of energy and there's always going to be, you know, you're you're intimately connected with this person in these moments but then there's also this boundary of saying okay this is what I have to offer you and so I've given this to you and then that's it so it's kind of like you have to learn how to cut the energy when Mm -hmm. you're done and um and that doesn't mean that you don't care about the client you do you care about them you want them to be well and you know that what you've done is the best that you can do for them mm-hmm. and you've given them exactly what they need in that moment Exactly. Um, but you do also have to because you're, t- you're with so many people and so many people have whatever they have going on you don't want to take that with you mm-hmm. and I used to when I first started because I didn't understand that I would throw up after people mm-hmm. I would get colds I would, you know, all kinds of stuff mm-hmm. and um so I think learning to kind of leave it there is the best thing and to kind of just cleanse myself and yeah. let it go.
0: How do you find being an empath and a healer plays out in your personal life? Because I know with myself, um, I see more mm. than what I feel comfortable with sometimes. Mm, yeah. how, do you, um, how do you deal with that?
1: in my personal life i've always sort of attracted kind of interesting people who maybe some of them need some healing (laughs) maybe i do too but um yeah i mean i think that the way that i deal with what i feel is i try and not project what i'm feeling on anyone else and i try to um Whatever I'm feeling, I try to f- f- to deal with my own emotions. Um, I think that a lot of the time we, in close relationships, we sort of just project on each other. And I try and listen more. And I try and just, um, I, yeah, I don't know. It's sort of a new practice for me. Because I think being in a long-term relationship, you're so used to giving your emotions to someone else for them to deal with. And I think that this time in my life has been, um, when I'm presented with something and it makes me feel something, I don't need to uh, explain it to anyone or give it to anyone. I just Mm. sit with it and process it. Mm. And that's been really powerful for me, really powerful. It's
0: very empowering, that process. Yeah yeah
1: it's been like it's kind of coming to this place where like I can feel feelings of being upset without going deep into it I can just say oh that's upsetting Mm
0: -hmm.
1: okay I feel upset I can cry about it I can meditate through it and then I I'm like okay well I can also release that it came in so it can also go Mm -hmm. and that's it and it's like it's sort of like this place of just sort of like love, yeah. because I, um, I'm not letting it go in the sense of like, oh, I'm done with that. It's like I'm letting it go be what it needs to be, and I'm just staying in a place of love with whatever comes in or comes out.
0: Oh, that is such a
1: practice. <laughs> trying, It is am human, but you know, yeah, I'm definitely trying.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. A few situations recently have definitely tested that new (laughs) part of me but it's been good yeah
0: i feel like you get when you're in that place of practicing acceptance of what is and letting emotions not dictate how you feel but letting them move through you you get tested with bigger ones to deal with Mm -hmm. you're like okay you're committing to that try this yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i definitely Uh,
1: But it's cool, though, because it shows you how far you've come and how much you are committed to changing yourself and how much you're committed to sort of leveling up your energy and leveling up your ways that you respond to things in your life. Um, I also think of, like, you know, I'm a musician, and eventually that work will be public. And I think that... um, having these practices of maybe something doesn't work out in the way that I want it to work out, but not letting that stop any forward motion, or Mm -hmm. letting that ruin anything for me. Just kind of allowing things to be as they are. Um, I think it's a huge practice for me and what I want to do.
0: Mm, Almost feels like all of this work you have done, all of this groundwork is Providing a really strong foundation for what you're actually calling in. Oh, thank you. I hope so. (laughs) Because
1: it's not been easy work.
0: (laughs) I don't think that... We even said this at the beginning. There are no mistakes. Yeah. There are no coincidences. And I, I honestly believe that... When you're asked to do such intense groundwork, you're providing a framework for whatever it is that will be coming in next that you will need that groundwork for. True. I'm very excited for your album coming out. Thank you, me
1: too. Can you say (laughs) when? Um, Well, the first single will be coming out in February and that's gonna be with the short film. And um, then the album will be about three months to five months later. Um, I don't have a date for that, but I do know that February will be the first single. Um, But in the meantime, I am going to be releasing a meditation, uh, like a meditation, I don't know, EP. It's about five um, meditations. Some of them have speaking, some of them don't. So um, some of them, they're all with like a different frequency, so... There's like a heart meditation and a grounding meditation and all of these things. And then there's ones that are guided and then there's ones that just have the feeling
0: and the vibe. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm actually really excited about that, too. How um, incredible. What advice would you give to somebody who wanted to create their own thing
1: mm-hmm. but
0: can't seem to start? Stop.
1: Thinking that you're supposed to be anything other than what you are and Just go into yourself and try different things until something Sparks you because something will spark you Do things that are outside of your comfort zone Mm -hmm. do things that you wouldn't do meet new people don't be so shy like just push yourself push yourself because On the other side of that discomfort is a new you and a new life. What are you currently working on within yourself? Right now, I have been trying to be a lot more organized. Being organized is something that I've never had that skill and I've just started to develop
0: it. Why is organization important to you at this point?
1: Um, Because I think that when you want to do things on the scale that I'd like to do them on, you have to have structure, just like everything in nature is structured and organized. Like, if you look, if you open up a flower, it's all perfectly placed. I think that um, that kind of a theme is important to pull into your life when you're trying to manifest larger things. So
0: true does that show up like routine or how
1: does structure look to you um organization in your space routine which I I have a hard time with I want to be able to reach more people and in order to do that you have to expand and you have to be on top of what you're doing every day, and Mm -hmm. you have to lead by example in your life Mm -hmm. and I think um you know for me, a lot of these things come naturally. Um, a lot of like the spiritual side comes naturally but the other side of like physically needing to you know wake up in, at seven and then go for a run and then go do this that doesn't come naturally for me at all.
0: I think that's a lot of freedom and structure sometimes.
1: Yeah, it actually like frees up more time when you're using your time wisely and your days yeah. feel like you've gotten more done and I've just started experiencing that <laughs> and I haven't, I can't say that it's been like fully consistent but um you know sometimes I'm really good at it and sometimes I'm not and I'm hoping that the more I try the more I push myself to uh, to be there and just show it for myself in that way. Yeah. Um the, easier it will become mm. but, yeah
0: Do you have a food philosophy?
1: Oh uh, yeah um, definitely like 80 20 so 80% fresh veggies, whatever something from the earth and 20% of protein. You have the most
0: beautiful skin. Oh, thank you. Is <laughs> there anything you can share about what you do for your skin health?
1: Um, yeah, actually I make, um, it's really easy to make. It's just bentonite clay with charcoal, activated charcoal and apple cider vinegar and you make it into a mask mm-hmm. and I do that once a week. Wow. Um, so it like kind of pulls all of the stuff out of your skin oh, yeah. um, and it burns and it, <laughs> and it hurts, and it brings like all the blood to the... Your face gets really flush. Yeah. Because um, it brings all the blood to the surface of your skin, so it like gets it kind of shiny and yeah. happy.
0: Well, hey, it's working, girlfriend. Thanks. Thanks. You're glowing. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
1: Also, rosehip oil. Um, um, I massage my face with rosehip oil like every night, so that's a really good one, too. Amazing.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, a couple more questions before we run out of time. What are some of the biggest lessons you have learned around creating success for yourself?
1: That it's never going to look like how I want or how I see it to look like. And that um, goals are good, expectations are not. And being patient and gentle with yourself. And knowing that it's not just um, business, it's actually your entire life and everything that's changing and that's um growing and it doesn't all happen in one day it doesn't happen in one week it doesn't happen sometimes it can happen in a month but that's not really realistic for everyone and I think that um just learning to be patient and keep pushing even when you don't see a way Mm. yeah
0: How would you recommend people to tap into their intuition more?
1: Hmm. Closing your eyes and getting um, just the first thing that pops into your head, Mm -hmm. using that as a tool. I think that that was probably one of the first things that I started with when I was younger, Mm -hmm. was um, I would either just automatic write, like I would just sit down and like I would write a list of questions and then I would just close my eyes and hear the answer and write it down. So it's kind of like this call and response because I think that everybody is able to tap into their higher consciousness and your higher consciousness has all the answers mm-hmm. of everything. And I think that like the more you can trust yourself, the more you'll hear Um, Because I never was able to hear names or places or times or anything like that before. But now it's like a muscle. But tapping into your intuition all the time and trusting in your intuition, you'll begin to get more and more accurate and more and more um, detailed information each time. Yes. Yeah.
0: So true. And it is definitely a muscle. And it's a muscle that once it's strong it doesn't stay strong if you don't keep working it out
1: exactly you've got to and I mean I think that there are things that um, help to supplement like crystals um, essential oils herbs going and sitting out on some grass and connecting with the earth sending some roots down asking a question to the earth and seeing what you get just kind of everything has answers everything has answers. So anything natural that you can connect to has answers. So just try mm-hmm. to it, it's almost like you're using objects as a sounding board for your own intuition that will come through. Yeah. And sometimes you just need to place it on something so that you feel like you're having some sort of feedback from something.
0: Yeah, I love yeah. that. Yeah. That's incredible. I have never heard of that one before. Mm. Mm okay so where can we find you um instagram is the easiest one at the moment um
1: azvl.azvl
0: i will link that in the show notes sweet well. thank
1: you um uh my website is being redone but that will be up and running pretty soon it's there but it's just not been updated in a bit <laughs> organization um <laughs> Structure. <laughs> Structure and organization. Um, but, so yeah, the, those are the best ways to reach me at the moment, and, um, yeah, my, the film and stuff will be on all platforms, and the music will be on all platforms.
0: Incredible. Yeah. And we can find you at Breathe Space for Sound Bowl Meditations. Yes.
1: Yeah. Every? Every Thursday night, and then at Sala on Wednesday nights, and I'm actually going to add one more space, um. In Kingsland. Um, yeah. So that's okay. that hasn't been confirmed yet, but that will I'll, I'll stay updated. Yeah, I'll keep you updated about that.
0: And we can get your sound bowl healings at Springs Bar in Ponsonby Yeah.
1: Yeah. So um, if you just DM me on Instagram that I can get you booked in.
0: Beautiful. Yeah. All of your different gifts. <laughs> They're also special and unique to you as well. I love it. Thank you. Is there anything you want to share? I just want to thank you. Mm. This is really beautiful. And
1: I actually really don't like doing interviews. <laughs> I really don't like talking about myself and stuff. So this is a really cool thing to do for me and cool exercise. So, Amazing. Yeah, well, thank you.
0: I want to thank you because... You have so much wisdom to share and you've really really gone there and you've got so much to help other people and to heal other people, which is what you're doing and you're a being of service, which is... Yeah, thank you for being you. Thank you for being you. (laughs) I hope you guys loved hearing about Azul's story today as much as I enjoyed speaking to her. If you did love today's episode, please leave me a review or a five star rating or connect with me on Instagram at lovebyolivia underscore. If you would like to have a look at any of the show notes, head over to www.lovebyolivia.com. Head to the tab podcast and you'll see all of the juicy information we talked about in today's episode with Azul. I hope you enjoyed and I will see you next week.